Hey Cracked fans, as winter slowly turns into spring and all of us look forward to getting back on the outdoor tennis courts, we here at Cracked Rackets want to ensure that you listeners have everything you need to make sure your return to outdoor tennis is a successful one. That's where our friends at Gamma Sports come in. Now, if you need new strings, new grips, new cord equipment, ball hoppers, machine tools, and accessories, whatever it may be, our friends at Gamma have it all for you. They've also, of course, got dampeners, over grips, replacement grips, they've got it all. And if you go to their website, gammasports.com slash tennis right now, you use our promo code CRACK20, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, I know Gamma has a new string pattern in the queue called the React Pro, which all of you Gamma string users will enjoy. And even if you're not using Gamma strings, maybe now's the time to start, but they've also got polyesters, everything you could be looking for from a tennis equipment standpoint, all in one location. Just go to gammasports.com slash tennis right now. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Again, gammasports.com slash tennis. Use that promo code CRACK20 to get 20% off your order. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Took me a little bit longer than anticipated, but finally had the opportunity to sit down and catch up with the head coach of the University of North Carolina men's tennis team, Sam Paul, joining us on the program today to discuss his team's run to the 2021 Division I National Indoor Championship, what it's like for him to have the opportunity to get guys like Will Blumberg, Simon Sondergaard, Matt Kiger, Josh Peck back for an additional season. Of course, I also wanted to hear his thoughts on the young guys on his roster, his thoughts on what it's like to be coaching his North Carolina team and all the various circumstances surrounding this 2021 season, and then had to have a little fun with him, right? Had to ask him where that phone call he got from Will Blumberg telling him he was coming back to Chapel Hill for an additional season ranks in his all-time moments, wanted to hear him break down the differences between in future U.S. Open double semifinalist, now current associate head coach Trip Phillips and Will Blumberg when Tripp was in college versus Will now. Talk about that and so much more. Unfortunately, no Chris Halliors on the podcast today. He is visiting his nephew, friend of the program, Trevor Fauché, I should say my cousin, out at Liberty this week. But nevertheless, a fantastic conversation for all of you listeners today. Of course, the reason we were able to do this day in, day out, because of the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order. Free two-day shipping on all orders exceeding $75. And best of all, a free can of Wilson Extra Duty Tennis Balls. MidwestSports.com. The promo code is CR15. With that in mind, here is my conversation with North Carolina head coach Sam Paul. Joining us on the podcast once again today, a returning champion on our Cracked Interviews show and now a two-time national indoor championship winning head coach, the all-time wins leader in UNC men's tennis history. It's head coach Sam Paul. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? Uh, great, Alex. Thanks for having me. How are you? 
Oh, it is always a pleasure to speak with you, Coach. I feel good. I feel like this is one of those rare days Tuesday when there's not too much going on in the tennis world, so I feel like it's my weekend. Uh, I imagine for you, given how busy this season is, there are no days off right now as the head coach. (laughs) Uh, Typically, you know, Monday's our day off, you know, but it gets Mm -hmm. going pretty good, pretty fast. But Mm -hmm. that's where it's fun. A lot better than sitting at home with no matches at all. I can promise you that. (laughs) No, I'm sure. Uh, I am glad to hear that. And again, I have a bunch of questions I want to ask you, but I think the place we have to start, and I feel like that's a pretty good lead up to this question, given the fact that last season, your North Carolina team pretty much ended your year with that bitter taste in your mouth of that national indoor final match. I know you, I think, played Virginia Tech or maybe one match after that fact, but the fact that you had that lingering all of the hoopla that came with offseason and the fact that your team comes out and captures the national indoor championship what did that mean to both you and obviously the rest of your team um well like i think i think you know obviously i was ecstatic for our fifth year seniors you know and our seniors you know i couldn't uh just could not be happier for them and their families i think that was one reason that they all decided to come back was to make another run at at this thing and so you know, for, for, for them, there'll be something that'll be with them the rest of their lives. So again, uh, just super, super happy for, for all of those guys. Mm-hmm. And obviously in that match in particular, I was fortunate enough to be on the broadcast for it. And, you know, I, I feel as though, and correct me if I'm wrong, in my opinion, that match was decided in the first 15 minutes of the match in doubles. And in particular, at the number two and three doubles position, your team jumped out to early break leads that they held on to for the rest of the doubles point. And Given the fact that, you know, Tennessee jumped on you guys in that first 15 minutes of doubles, given the fact that you dropped the doubles point against Virginia the day prior, how critical was that doubles point? And dare I say, do you agree with me that it really was that first 15 minutes that won you guys the match? Um, I don't know if I'd say that first 15 minutes we won it. I mean, Baylor, Baylor has a great team, you know, so we knew that even after we won that doubles point that we had to come out and play a really good solid singles point, you know, but certainly uh, I think we learned something, you know, from the previous first two days uh, from our doubles play against Tennessee and from uh, our doubles play against Virginia. So I think, uh, you know, they played, Virginia played a great match against us. I didn't think we were that far away. We had break opportunities to get back on serve at two and three against Virginia and they, you know, were strong enough to close it out. So again, I don't think we were super far away and Tennessee plays great doubles, but again, we certainly, uh, you know, played our best doubles match of the tournament in the finals, and that that always helps for sure. <laughs> There's no denying that, and it was a stark contrast, if I may say it. I feel like I can say this now because you guys won the title this year. Although, if you're going to swear at me, it's probably going to come after this question, and I say this respectfully. I think it's safe to say, and talking to guys on the team, I know they would agree. You guys came out tight in that 2020 final against USC that even in the lead up in the warmups, there wasn't much talking. There wasn't, you know, the team wasn't as loose as in my opinion, you guys clearly were this year and you could feel it even in the warmups, the way will Brian Mack, all of the guys were slapping high fives and just, you know, talking to one another, getting each other psyched. Do you think that's fair to say that you guys were a little bit looser to start the match this year than you were last year? Um, I, th- I think I, I want to say looser, yeah, maybe looser or more focused. You know, sure. like saying, like I think we had a, a certain mindset about how we were going to play. You know, and uh, obviously, you remember last year we were 
pretty good spot in that doubles point against Southern Cal too, you know, where they stepped up big. You know, I think we were two points away from winning a tiebreaker. I think we were up 5-3, well serving. Mm-hmm. And they played a couple of really good points, and we sort of backed off there, and they caught the momentum, and then they played a, you know, and we lost a little bit of composure in a couple of spots and singles, and they played a great match. So we learned a lot from that match. You know, sometimes that's the great thing about tennis is, you know, there's always another day, and you learn. And so uh, those guys learned a lot from that match. Mm-hmm. No doubt about that. Yeah, I believe it was 5-4, two ser- serves on the Will Blumberg racket. I remember it well because, you know, I I try to make myself the fat lady in the broadcasting booth, and I was warming up my tones, getting ready to sing. And then, of course, Riley and Cookerman had to do their thing. But, you know, for your team, and you talked about what this moment means for your seniors, and there was, you know, a moment on the sidelines after Brian clinched the match against Baylor where you could just see the emotions on Will's face and what it meant to him and obviously for Simon, for Mac, who have all, and for uh, Josh as well, who were part of the team that played in the NCAA final back in 2017, uh, you know, a couple of weeks now in the rear view mirror, what has this done for their confidence? What does this do for your team now looking towards the rest of 2021? I think, you know, the thing that's been impressive is pretty mature group, you know, like I think they're not taking anything for granted. You know, they've come back with a workmanlike attitude and uh, know that we're in the outdoor season now and know we played a great conference. So they're just uh, taking that, I think, one day at a time, you know, and trying to get better each and every day. And again, that's credit to them. You know, like I said, senior veteran group where, um, you know, I think we learned, you know, a number of years ago when we won it, you know, I think, you know, uh, back in 16, you know, we came back and they were feeling a lot of pressure and thinking we could go undefeated and all these sort of things. And, uh, instead of just focused on getting better, you know, just got to get better. There's some great teams out there. So we're just going to try to get better every single day and then hopefully look forward to May. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the great teams out there. We saw at that national indoor weekend, so many four, three matches, so many comebacks across the board. You guys obviously had to come back and take four singles matches against Virginia in the semifinal and that Tennessee match, even though it was four, one, you know, I've never seen Will Blumberg bageled before Adam Walton managed to do it in that first set at one singles. And that match was pretty close to being four, three as well. Obviously, some of this is a byproduct of the fact that we do have some fifth-year super seniors, but when you look across the nation this year, it feels like college tennis is in as good of a spot as it has ever been, and I'm just curious your thoughts on the level of competition you and the Tar Heels are going to face this season. Well, like I said, you know, starting our league, you know, great teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, start all eight teams of that tournament, you know, are fantastic. Some of them were beat up a little bit and injured. Um, I didn't have a full squad. I mean, look at the teams that weren't there, you know, Ohio State, you know, uh, um, Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it is a rough tournament, you know, <laughs> NC State. Um, there's so many good teams out there. Wake Forest. I mean, there's so many good teams. So I think, you know, we got everybody's got a long ways to go. So, you know, they got to stay healthy, and, you know, and keep working. And, you know, May's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I won't be offended that you didn't include my Michigan Wolverines coach. Don't worry. Uh, I'm just... better. I'm sorry. I'm, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, I'm sorry they got shut down. For Absolutely should include those Michigan Wolverines. I don't uh, have a great squad up there. So, you know, we won't know part of them either. Uh, but, uh, no, um, I'm sorry they got shut down, you know, for that two-week standoff, you know. But, again, there's so many good teams. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Just so you know, we're going to cut everything else in the podcast and just leave that. That'll be the entire interview. <laughs> um, but no, you know, you talk about the health and how important that is. And we have, you know, joked around, and I say that lovingly on our Crack Rackets podcast, that if someone came to you and offered you the chance to just bubble wrap Rinky, Will, Ben, and, and Brian, and if I just said you bubble wrap them, they're not allowed to have contact with any humans for the next three months, you can bring those four to may you probably still feel pretty good about your shot to take home the title and you know we say that obviously a little bit facetiously but when you look at this season and i know you guys have simon and mac and josh but also the young guys and adam and logan as well how important is depth going to be how important is it going to be for you as the coach to get those guys playing opportunities given you know the fact that we're still playing a season amidst the pandemic yeah, I think it's really important. You know, I think, um, you know, that's what, sort of one of our challenges. You know, we really go 11 deep. We got really 11 deep players. And again, unfortunately, some of them haven't been able to play as much as, uh, as that we'd like for them to play, right? Or to get them to play. So that's really, really important. I think, you know, and you look at, but you look at Simon and Josh, and those guys have had a great career. Simon actually had a great tournament for us. You know, um, even going back to last year, had a great tournament national team indoors. He was undefeated there, and then he had a really good tournament here where he was uh, undefeated at this tournament, too, in singles, and obviously a great doubles player. So, And Josh has been one of our best points. You know, the year, uh, you know, Josh has had some big wins for us at three. I mean, so, again, that's really important that everybody's playing well as we go forward. And then we got to keep those younger guys, you know, getting to them some matches when we can and training them hard every day because if we get an injury or whatever – um, somebody's going to have to step in and step up. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think anyone would ever accuse Simon Sondergaard of having a pretty tennis game, but I would agree with you. I thought his performance, particularly I think it was in that semifinal for him to beat Gianni Ross and you know uh, get that win on the board for you guys, he was outstanding. And so, yeah, I imagine, you know, because again, you know your top four and we've talked a lot about those guys, but given the lack of practice time uh, you've had for some of the youngsters, I'm curious what you've thought about guys like Adam and and Logan and obviously Peter Murphy, a freshman as well this year. What you thought of getting those guys in and how they've acclimated? And uh, also a news with Tani. Oh, you know? Of course, yes. Um, you know, I mean, they're all good. I mean, you know, we're having to set up some practice matches for those guys every week to give them some competition within ourselves to see, you know, where they are in Mac. I mean, you know, I mean, Mac's a great player, singles and doubles. So, you know, all those guys are going to have opportunities, and they and when their number is going to be called, they're going to have to be ready to step up. So I think that's one thing that we're trying to give them that preparation, you know, weekly that, that they're keeping to get better and that we're not down on them or focused on them. We've actually talked to them about it and said, look, you guys are playing on a great college tennis team with tremendous experience. There's nothing negative about you. If this was not a normal year, you guys would all be playing right now. So, I mean, add normal year, you know, couldn't have COVID. So, and try to keep them pumped up and trying to keep them working and try to keep them growing because, again, they're going to be playing before we know it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I had the chance, and because I'm a nerd, and you ask, what do most people do on a Sunday or Sunday morning? They're getting up, hanging with their family. I'm watching the YouTube feed of Georgia Tech UNC, and I know you played Logan's app at six singles, and I wanted to watch him play. And so that was my first time getting to see his uh, his game in action. 
I liked it, Coach. I liked it a lot, especially outdoors, just his game style, the way he plays. I'm curious, again, just to get specific because I haven't had the chance to talk to you about the freshman. What have you thought of Logan in particular? I know he was one of, if not the highest-ranked recruit coming out of the 2020 freshman class his first few months in the program. Well, he's improving, you know, and he's uh, he's learning a lot. You know, he's learning about how to work harder, you know, how to come to practice every day and be ready to go and, you know, how to not have a role of playing right now, you know, obviously national team indoors or whatever, and then all of a sudden coming in when he's called on. So, again, you know, and I like the way he played against Georgia Tech too. Looks solid, you know, very, very solid. So um, we're just going to keep staying on him, staying on top of him, you know, as we're going to all of our freshmen. But, again – that was a that was a that was a good performance by him. He actually played he played a good match against Clemson on um, on um, Friday. So they got a good six. And so you know Robbie Weiss is doing a great job at Clemson. That's one of the you know a very tough match that we had down there with them. One of the toughest we've had in a long time. So you know again, there's no easy outs in our league. Something I've noticed in prior to you guys ending Virginia's ACC win streak, I think the closest they came to losing was a 4-3 at Clemson performance back in 2012. Sorry, again, these are the things I remember. What is it about that Clemson environment? Something about playing down in South Carolina that just, it, again, you talk about Robbie Weiss. He is clearly building something successful down there. Oh, yeah. Well, again, Robbie's a very experienced coach. I think, mm-hmm. you know, he's been around the game a long time and, uh, you know, I was really impressed with what he did as an assistant coach at Alabama. I watched him coach doubles down there, you know, when they beat us. His team made the finals, and, you know, he's very knowledgeable. You know, so, one, he's now he's getting really some really outstanding recruits. they got a great facility. So, you know, the Tigers are on the move. So, again, I think they had the number two class in the country, which is really great for our league, right? So, you know, the, the better it is, everybody in our league, then it all helps us nationally. So it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And I I do want to ask you some questions about recruiting moving forward because there are a lot of uncertainties for everyone around the country. But you mentioned this at the National Indoors, and I thought it was a fascinating quote. I'm curious how this influences, again, to kind of put a bow on the conversation on the young guys. You you mentioned you've never had the chance to coach fifth-year seniors like this before, and I thought Mm -hmm. it was a fascinating Uh point. And I think it probably also applies to the fact that you've never had fifth-year seniors available to help coach these young guys with you and you know how valuable has it been from you from a coaching aspect to have you know the guys like will max simon etc even at this point you know ben knows what he's doing brian knows what he's doing uh just to have that sort of institutional know-how how it filters through the rest of your program that's really important i think you know you rely on their leadership you know i think we ask them more questions now and rely on them and, and, and what, you know, hey, how are you feeling about this? How are you feeling about this? How is, how is, what can we do a little bit better? How's this practice, that practice? How's the conditioning going? You know, you, you know they'll tell you, you know, they're a smart group of guys. So we give them to have the opportunity to give, uh, to give more impact. You know, like, again, it's like working, you know, they know. I mean, you know, they know. They know it. They know the game. They know it. And so you ask them and, and they'll tell you and, like, they take over a lot of leadership within the team, you know, before the matches and during the matches, and because they've all been through it so many times before. So it's just it's. And I've told the freshmen this: they're very, very fortunate to have this opportunity to be around them and take advantage of it. Because again, you you'll you won't have this again. Mm-hmm. How I'm curious for you: how enjoyable is it? 
you know, year number five for Will. He's been one of the five best players in the country since he walked on campus as a freshman. Uh, You know, he did not play his best over the course of the National Indoor Weekend, and yet I think anyone who follows college tennis knew he wasn't going to lose that match against Adrian in the final, and he really did save his best performance at the end. I know I asked you that this question last year, but I feel like it probably means just as much this year. To have him at the top of your lineup, what does that do for everyone else? Well, it's just uh, it's just amazing, right? Like, I mean, all of his experience and, and uh, it's it's incredible, you know. And, and the thing is, like, again, it sounds like a he's just such a nice person, you know. Like, he's a better person than he is a tennis player, and he's an incredible tennis player. So he's, he's just uh, it's just fortunate. We're just really fortunate to go and see him every day and to work with him every day. And uh, you want to do all you can because, again, uh, you know he's one of the greatest tennis players in the history of college tennis, and one of the greatest people. And you know, I mean, he goes. You know, people talk about this. He won the Patterson Award last year, which is the best male athlete at North Carolina. A huge honor at Carolina. Uh, you know, he won it not for his playing ability, but also that you know he goes to the Children's Hospital every once a week. Him and Luke May used to go once a week. Him and Lad Harrison used to go once a week. So he's just a special, special, special person. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree with you. And I know, you know, you are married, Coach. I know you have a daughter and a son. But uh, obviously, when Will calls you and says, Coach, I'm coming back for year number five, top three moment of your life? Top five uh, moment? I, got, I know it's got to be up there. It's up there. I'm going to give it top five, okay? <laughs> um, uh, uh, but um, – yeah, it was up there. It's like a just like a relief off my shoulders. Like, oh, I can't believe this. You know, like this is per- truly amazing. You know, and then, um, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. And, you know, again, I, I had the chance to ask uh, Coach Dancer of Illinois this question because he is in a similar situation to you in that he brings back a group who didn't accomplish everything they wanted to accomplish in the 2020 season. And so often, uh, you know, I think you ask any college athlete who, even if they've had success, you ask them what are the matches they want to replay or go back to. It'll be, you know, the moments that they came up just a little bit short. And the one special thing about this. 2021 season is it really is a mulligan for anyone who left anything on the table back in 2020 i'm curious if you guys have felt that at all if there is a sense of you know what like we get that chance we get that second chance that is never offered in tennis before and i know i kind of asked you that at the beginning but is there that feeling in chapel hill this year is you know what we do get a second chance um i think so i think everybody feels that you know i think i, I think that, i know it's sort of like they're just looking forward to playing and competing. You know, we're excited now to go outside. I mean, they just, our governor just, you know, opened it up for us to have fans. So, you know, we, we, it was weird playing here national team indoors. We couldn't even get hardly any fans here, you know, just family members only. And some of the teams had bigger rosters than we did. So we were feeling like we're playing in a way match. So, you know, our fans are really excited to watch our guys play again. So that's exciting, you know, like again, to play here and, and to, and to bring fans back and Georgia Tech had a good fan base down there so it's just it's just fun you know again like I said we're grateful to be playing you know I think we got to go back and look at it across the country that we're just grateful to do what we do I mean it was so much fun to be at national team indoors and see our colleagues and talk to our colleagues and watch college tennis and watch what these guys do all across the board it's pretty incredible 
Mm-hmm. No, I talking to all of these coaches, so many have been like, yeah, I haven't been home this frequently since I started my coaching career. And I do have to imagine it's been, you know, to have college back. And you mentioned, you know, I, I think that your attitude is something that would be reflected by a lot of fans across the country. It's just so nice to have it back in our lives. And I'm curious, again, I, I it sounds like, you know, the appreciation you guys have for just playing this year is so strong. But how difficult has it been? maneuvering all of the various protocols and you know making sure everyone's healthy everyone's getting tested how did I, I imagine it's a challenge unlike anything you faced in your coaching career uh it was hard no doubt about it you know like really uh yeah we're not sure it was hard january was hard you know yeah. we had a lot of st- we had a lot of stuff that we were managing in january and um you know, and you and you feel bad for the guys. I mean, like it's just really tough on them. It's tough on them mentally. You know, like they're going through enough by not being able to play all summer and 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 you know do what they do, and their match counts are low and whatever. And then now all of a sudden, the green lights back on. But uh, you know, it's it's different on the road. You know, every time you go on the road, you know we're in Atlanta. We eat at the hotel. We, we, you know, the guys don't even can't eat a meal all together. You know, they go out and order downstairs and take it up to their room. Um, you know, all that's so different, you know, it's different that we can't spend as much time together as a team together. Um, because, you know, again, we, we have to separate and stay away from each other. So again, that's been different, you know, and I, you just feel bad for the guys. Cause I mean, how weird is it? I remember coming back in the spring we started January 6th, our practice and we're standing upstairs and we're all getting COVID tested. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there going, this is just so weird, you know, like, yeah. Like, this is the weirdest thing that we're sitting here with this test or whatever, and I'm looking around at all the guys, and they have a mask on, you know, so... Yeah, no, it, no, I, I, absolutely, it is, it is strange, and I, I think that strangeness manifested itself in the the results we saw from Rinky and Ben in the National Indoor Weekend, and you know they were able to get the win in that third match, but they were the team we everyone pencils in, you know, oh, Rinky and Ben at three doubles, that's your all tournament team. They didn't lose a match last season. Why would they lose a match this year? And you know it was clear they were struggling early on to find their rhythm. And uh, yeah, is that is that the biggest? concern is just the lack of rhythm and you know the little nagging injuries that accumulate when you can't have a steady schedule oh yeah well you were worried about that right i mean i was concerned mm-hmm. you know we hadn't played one we hadn't played any matches and yeah. then all of a sudden we're worried about playing back-to-back matches <laughs> yeah. then you were then you're worried about playing back-to-back-to-back matches right so like you know what's going to happen with their bodies you know because tennis is a tough sport you know i think you see it and you sort of see it across the country. You know, people have been getting banged up a little bit, um, you know, here and there. You know, so, again, uh, that's why, you know, our training right now is staying consistent and just working hard and hitting the weight room and training through the week. You know, and then you play your matches on the weekend. You got We just got to keep training. We got. We have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. Now, I would need a lie detector test because I don't think I'm going to get the actual answer out of you. But if I would have asked you before going into that Baylor final if Ben was going to beat Sven a lot at three singles, you'd be like, no. You'd been like, I don't think Ben's winning today. Like, just physically the way he was holding up through the weekend, you would have been like, no, he's not going to win today. And he was able to do it, obviously. But to your point, I mean, yeah, I think nagging injuries are like th- uh, you're right the fact i think all these teams were playing three days in a row i was just like oh man like how are they feeling 
Yeah, I would definitely. Well, I mean, one, I would never say that against Ben. You know, again, <laughs> against Ben, against anybody, and he's a competitor. You know, and a great competitor. So I don't ever, you know, we don't ever say that against anybody. You know, you know, that you count it in the books or whatever. You know, again, we're just looking for a really good performance from him. You know, so again, uh, you know, I would not. Uh, I, I would never think that, you know, like, oh, he's going to look, he's going to, you know, he's, uh, mm-hmm. I don't really think that way. I think that, you know, Ben had a great performance that day, you know, and then, and then, uh, you know, it was a great match. Again, Bader's got a great team. It's a great match. And, and uh, you know, we're just looking for our guys to compete every day. So let's see, you know, and again, it, it, I mean, Ben's been big for us in some big moments, right? Like mm-hmm. Ohio State mm-hmm. in the quarterfinals and an NCAA tournament, you know, uh, mm-hmm big and round 16 against Southern Cal, you know, year before last, you know, two years ago. I mean, nah, these guys, you know, can't count those guys out ever. Mm -hmm. No, again, that's fair. And that's why I said, I I guess I was thinking that, 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 that was my, you know, that's what they leave the prognosticating up to the prognosticators. That's what I'm best at. But uh, no, certainly, uh, you know, you you talk about guys like Will, Ben, and, you know, we haven't talked about Rinky yet, who, Earlier this season, I know, was playing Australian Open qualifying, and obviously that's an opportunity he's got to pursue because he has pro aspirations. But how difficult is it? I feel like that is, and for your team in particular, that's a difficult question. If a Rinky, a Ben, a Will wants to go pursue a pro tournament versus keeping them in the you know COVID protocol bubble that North Carolina has instituted right now, how difficult is balancing that act as well? Um, I think, you know, one, these guys are really unselfish. You know, they mm-hmm. really care about our team, you know. So that's one. But, again, we're also here to help provide them with opportunities. And, and you know, it's it's just a balance. You know, probably just a balance. You know, like one, if there's an opportunity for them and they want to go do something or whatever, we'll discuss it as a team and how would it affect the team. And, um, you know, just a balance. That's all it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, no, that's completely fair. And, you know, again, I, I do want to ask just one big term question, and then we'll wrap up here. Uh, but, you know, for recruiting long term, because, you know, with the scholarship rules in men's college tennis and the fact that for a lot of these players, they were guaranteed their scholarship from last year, this year, and this was kind of the one bonus year where you can have additional spots on your roster. But then the money restrictions, I think, are going back to normal starting next season. And that's a lot of mumbo jumbo to a lot of our listeners. But it's to say, that roster continuity is going to be uh, interesting across the nation over the next couple of seasons with the opportunities to transfer and the extra year of eligibility. I'm curious yep. how you guys at North Carolina have, you know, factored that into your recruiting and how you personally, do you anticipate we'll see, you know, with these extra year of eligibility, perhaps an increase in that transfers uh, in transfers over the next <laughs> few seasons? Yeah, possibly. It's an interesting time in college tennis. I saw I talked about that the other day with uh, another coach. Like he was saying, it's just uh, a lot of folks are jumping around here and there, you know, um, and it can make an immediate impact, you know. So we're just, uh, you know, we keep an eye on it. We check on it every single day, you know. Um, but it's got to be the right fit for us, and the right, you know, someone to fit to our culture and have the same aspirations as our other guys. So it's just uh, it's an interesting time and from that standpoint, certainly in collegiate tennis. Mm-hmm. No, I'll do your inner dialogue again. I'm sure when you saw the bots for transfer, you were like, you couldn't leave the ACC. You're like, you know, you know, if you're going to transfer, just leave my conference, please, please, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one was a little bit shocking to me. You know, I thought, well, you know, we had, he's a great player, you know, not so much that, 
you know, good for Virginia. You know, he's a great player, you know, mm-hmm. in, in singles and doubles. And, and uh, you know, we had heard that he was, you know, had moved on and had a job or whatever. So that was an interesting one. But, again, we look forward to competing against him because but he's really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's going to be, again, a really fun few seasons of college tennis with all of this talent. And again, for your team looking towards the rest of this 2021 season, you guys have a ton of talent. And it's, you know, you made clear on National Indoor Weekend what you guys are capable of accomplishing. Let's start with the short term. I know you guys have a bunch of conference matches. And I believe, uh, looking through your schedule, that it's going to be all conference play the rest of the way for you guys. Uh, one, one at South Carolina. One at South Carolina. That yeah, doesn't count, yeah. though, right? That yeah, doesn't yeah, count. yeah, 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 yeah. Josh yeah, that, does a great job, too. And then, again, you know, we're playing a couple of out-of-conference matches. With, we're playing NC State twice and Wake Forest twice. So, so you are uh, you are adding some bonus non-conference ACC play. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we added those back again. You just don't know, you know, you know, when we set the schedule, it was a little frustrating, honestly, because the ACC did not get – we did not get our ACC schedule solidified until almost the second or third week of December. And so, um, you know, that was sort of frustrating, you know, and then again, when you start setting your schedule and say, well, you know, we want to make sure we give guys opportunities. And we had talked about playing Wake and NC State, you know, even back in the summer, because, you know, you want to give your guys opportunities. And again, thank goodness, national team indoors, we performed really well there. But again, I say we lost in a kickoff weekend, which, you know, three great teams are here and we lose that match. And then, we don't have any other matches until February 25th <laughs> yeah. of, uh, of, um, of February. So mm-hmm. again, and we got no national, you know, national exposure. So again, you're just trying to do the best thing by your guys to give them the best competition to put your team in the best spot, both as a team and individually as, as you come down to the end. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, we're having this conversation on March 2nd, and you guys have played eight total matches. If I told anyone that you've played eight matches through the first two months of the season, the coach would be like, huh, like, we must yeah. be living through a pandemic. And it's like, yeah. well, yeah, we are living through a pandemic. So, no, that, well, one that's... Th- one, th- one thing, too, though, Alex, you know, mm-hmm. we, played, we played a heavy, we played a really big, you know, we played two other tournaments in January. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that. You know, we played two, like, individual tournaments, you know, here in Chapel Hill, in January to get our guys going. So we didn't really play a dual match really early there. You know, we sort of chose to play some really good competition, you know, and, and some individual tournaments. And so that, you know, again, if we just sort of played, a, you know, a little bit lighter schedule or something like that, we could be 9 and 10 or 12 and 0 or something like that. But again, we chose to play some, some, some matches early in January with some other teams. And I think we learned a lot about our team there because we felt like we needed match play. Mm-hmm. No, obviously it ended up being the correct choice. And my last scheduling question, again, you, you talk about the South Carolina match and then a bunch of ACC opponents. Are there still open dates in the competition schedule? If the opportunity comes, you know, I know Baylor or TCU, they're flexible with their schedule. Some of those big 12 teams seem to be able to travel. At this point, is the schedule locked or are you still seeking to fill competition dates just, again, to get your team reps heading into May? Um, no, we're set now. I think it's pretty much set. I hope we get to finish it out. You know, like yeah. again, we're playing South Carolina on a weekend that's supposed to be a COVID weekend. You know, mm-hmm. we're playing uh, Wake and NC State on a weekend that's supposed to be a COVID weekend, like backup weekend. So I hope it hope it holds true. You know, we'll see what happens. You know, as we as we come down the come down here right now. You know, we've been fortunate. I don't think any teams have really been hit with mm-hmm. COVID that we know of, except for you know maybe. You know, Coach Calvis had a match canceled last week, um, mm-hmm. 
but nobody else that I know of. Have you, have you heard of anybody else? No, there are – you know, again, I got to make sure I don't get in trouble because now what I'm starting to learn is coaches do listen to the podcast. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. I can't say that because they're going to get mad at me. Uh, no big yeah. outbreaks. No, no, no. No, no. First of all, no, it's a great question. Right. I know, you know, just for instance, today, right, NC State was supposed to t- uh, play Baylor. And I know the reason they canceled that wasn't because anyone tested positive for COVID, but because they were concerned that someone may test positive for COVID just maybe. And they ran all the tests and they were negative but they still, out of an abundance of caution, were just like, nope, you know, we're not going to play the match. And you're absolutely right, right? That is a a scenario all coaches have to be ready for. Yep, 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 no, yeah, that's right. That was going to be a great match. I think that was at NC State too, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was right down the road. Or yeah, I guess Raleigh's yeah, a little yeah. bit further. Duke would be right yeah, yeah. down the road. I know. I know yeah. the the geography slightly. I you know it's all the it's all the research triangle. It's all that yeah. area. And once you hit Cary, you're at the really cool part. Um, anyways, um, no. Again, with that in mind, I guess my last question for you, Coach, would be looking towards the rest of the season. Again, it, it, your team well positioned. You have the roster you want. You your guys have been in the late stages of the NCAA tournament before. I'm not going to say is it NCAA championship or bust because obviously that's a stupid question but what you know if you're a fan watching at home or i suppose from your perspective on the sidelines what do you want to see from your tar heels from the rest of this um, 2021 season I, I just want to do everything we can to prepare to be the best team we can be i mean mm-hmm. we can control that you know what i'm saying like right now that we're controlling everything we can control or you know again training hard doing everything we can you know on the court off the court and then May is going to happen, whatever May happens. You know, so but we just want to make sure that we're taking care of business right now to prepare. You know, it's all about preparation, preparation for May and preparation for in these matches that we got set up now. So again, it's all about preparation, and we're going to let the chips fall where they may. And you know, when we get to the to the tournament. Mm-hmm. No, very much looking forward to that. I'll throw one bonus one at you because I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask. Better college doubles player, Will Blumberg, or associate head coach Trip Phillips. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm gonna let those get better college doubles player. Better Will college Bl- doubles player. Oh uh, yeah, Will Blumberg for sure. Not, <laughs> not even, not even, not even Trip would agree with that. Not even, not even a. Uh, that's how bad a coach I was when I was coaching Trip. Um, that could be a testament to his coaching, but uh, <laughs> um, he did not do very well in college doubles, and that was because I was a bad coach. But uh, yeah, Will Blumberg for sure. Did he just hit his stride? Was it just eventually in the pros trip was just like, oh, this is what I do? Um, I think, you know, trip, it was amazing really what he did. He had one of the best returns in the world. I mean, like really when he got going and he was, I mean, mm-hmm. his return was incredible. And he learned and learned and learned on the pro tour and, uh, you know, learned how to play and learned how to cover the net and everything else. But his return, I'm, I'm not kidding you, he had one of the best returns in, in professional tennis, it was amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. when he used to play with, with his partners, that he would win the point on his side every single time. The other player would lose the point. He trip would win the point. And they would lose the point. It's a pretty amazing <laughs> thing to see, really. So. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I've talked now with like, you know, you talk to Roditi or the Ashley Fishers of the world. All these guys seem to play w- over one another. And it's like, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, Tripp was the guy in doubles. Like he was very, very, yeah, that return. He just yeah. gets it at, he just got it at the feet every time. No, he, I mean, he would just put it to feet and hit it up the line. I mean, like, yeah. he's playing a match against a uh, first-round match at U.S. Open the year that he made the final, or the semifinals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, 
you know, he's and Murray serving to him, and they're trying to figure out where to serve trip, and they go back in, back in, back in, and they serve to his forehand two times in a row, and he just lit the second <laughs> forehand on fire. Like, don't go there again. Like, again, you could not. I mean, you had to pitch an amazing game against him. So. Mm-hmm. No, I, again, it would be fun. I am. I have this theory where I say, in lieu of the coin toss at the beginning of matches, because I think coin tosses are so boring, we should have either the coaches or the assistant coaches play out a point, and whoever wins that, like a, just a ground stroke point, and whoever wins that point decides who serves first on all of the courts. Because just imagine <laughs> the crowd, like that Carolina crowd, if it's Trip Phillips versus Scott Brown of Virginia, and the winner decides who serves. Like the crowd's going nuts. And oh, yeah, so, it'd be something. It'd be something. It'd be great. I'd put Trip out there every time. I'm not anybody. <laughs> I can promise you that. I'll default. <laughs> well, that's something I'll continue to work on as well, Coach. And the next time I see you, we'll try and get that happening. But, Coach, thank you as always so much for taking the time to chat. Obviously, congratulations on the title. Hope you and the guys stay safe and healthy, and look forward to seeing you compete all year long. Listen, Alex, thank you, and thanks for everything you're doing for collegiate tennis, man. It's it's, it's wonderful. So, okay, thank you. Of course, take care, and uh, as always, go Heels. Hope all of you enjoyed my conversation with North Carolina men's tennis head coach Sam Paul. A huge thank you to Coach for taking the time to chat. Obviously, we are wishing he and his team safety, health, and success throughout the rest of this 2021 season. And, of course, to hear more about the Tar Heels' most recent performances, to hear more about what is going on during this 2021 men's college tennis season, go check out our Great Shot podcast feed. Chris Halioris, Matt Stokowiak, and I recapping each week's action Coming together to offer our Cracked Rackets top 10 poll. You can find all of that on our website, crackrackets.com. Of course, as always, I will ask that you like, rate, subscribe, review to this podcast, the Great Shot Podcast, the Mini Break Podcast, Inside Out, and Sideline Podcast, all of our shows here at Crack Rackets. I wouldn't ask you to do it if it didn't help the formulas, if it didn't help the online stuff that all goes beyond my head. But super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, tell me this is the stuff I have to ask you to do. So, as always, I will say, Please go like, rate, subscribe, review. And by the way, shout out as always to those super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, for the f- of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order. Should you need any more immediate updates on what is happening in the tennis world, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I am at Great Shot Pod. But with that in mind, for our wonderful guest, head coach Sam Paul, our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, our friends at Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast. Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk to you all next time. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.